This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast, your favorite Razorback baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined, as always, by Robert Stewart. And let's just lead off with this news that we didn't really expect on Thursday. Dave Van Horn says that Arkansas is changing the starting rotation, Robert. Yeah, no Hagen Smith on Friday or, you know, any day as of right now, which considering that he has been, you know, very effective and didn't get hurt. I'm, I'm curious what the logic behind it was. Uh, You know, I mean, he dived into it a little bit, but uh, bottom line is they're going with Hunter Holland to to start the SEC schedule against Auburn. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, the, the way I think about it is, you know, it kind of makes sense, but also, so you can you can break it down to the bare bones and be like, okay, here's how it can make sense. Here's how it can work for Arkansas. But also, it's like, I mean, he's your Friday starter. You're expecting him to be in that role, and now you have it to where you're you're throwing Hunter Holland on Friday. You're throwing Will McIntyre on Saturday, and Sunday is TBA for opening weekend of SEC play against Auburn. And basically – as you mentioned, the thing with Hagen Smith is he's not hurt. Uh, Dave Van Horn said like he's he's as good as he's ever been. Uh, it's just uh, they they want him to be in that wild card role, I guess. So, um, you know, you throw your two guys on Friday Saturday, and it, I mean, if if things go well on Friday Saturday, and you maybe don't even need to throw Hagen Smith on either of those days, then you can start him on Sunday. Even if he throws just a little bit on either of those days, you can start him on Sunday. So. There's a lot of different things that they can do. But like you said, I, I'm not 100% sure why they felt the need to make the move, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially with, with it coming the first weekend of conference play, right? Like, it would it would make a little more sense if, you know, they were just experimenting on a weekend before, before things got real. But don't look now. Things are now real, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. SEC play snuck up on us. Uh, and here we are. I, I'm not, I didn't expect it, but I, I mean, as we've mentioned on this podcast, we, we talked about it in the postseason last year, there was a point when Hagen Smith was the best closer in all of baseball. And so maybe you get that version of Hagen Smith back. Maybe you get a long relief version. If you look at, you know, if, if, if it's not Hagen Smith starting on Sunday, uh, then maybe you have Dylan Carter start on Sunday, maybe Austin Ledbetter. Uh, maybe even a Zach Morris who who pitched well on Wednesday. He's back, by the way. We gotta we gotta get to that. Yes, we'll get back. We'll get to Zach Morris. Uh, we need to talk about the midweek sweep of UNLV, a two game sweep over the Hustlin' Rebels. Uh, a couple interesting lineups from those two games. So let's just go ahead and dive into it, Robert, because uh, we can talk we can talk more about the starting rotation later on when we're talking Auburn preview but let's let's dive into the UNLV Hustlin Rebels in that series uh that Arkansas just played against them. Yeah, I mean one of my biggest takeaways from that from that two game midweek set was it, it was the the uh Harold Cole uh coming out party. Like he had what three extra base hits Tuesday against against the Hustlin Rebels, a uh, couple of doubles and a homer. Drove in four runs, I think. Maybe drove in another one on uh, on Wednesday. I mean, it sounds like he's about to be the starting third baseman. Potentially, that I mean, was I, that was not something that I saw coming. 
No, I I didn't see it coming either. We it's been a topic of discussion in the press box of like, you know, what what's going on with Caleb Cowley, and we finally figured out that he's got an elbow issue, I guess. And so, um, basically, you know, they changed up the lineup on Tuesday specifically. We were we were looking at it, and it was it was a weird lineup. Uh, you know, you had Diggs leading off. Jared Wagner was in center. Jason Jones was at third. Reese Robinette was at first. Cole at second. Mason Neville was in left. Uh, it was an interesting lineup to say the least. And then Wednesday, you had uh, so you had your your outfield. Wagner went back to left. Josenberger was back in center. But then you had Kendall Diggs in right, and he he had a play where he just ball hit his glove and it didn't go in his glove. Uh, so we'll, we'll inexperienced talk about that. outfielder, huh? Experienced outfielder as Dave Van Horn said. Yeah, and so and then Harold Cole played at third base. So, uh, yeah, no, I I mean, so Arkansas gets the win, thirteen to seven on Tuesday. You were at that game. I didn't watch it. Talk about it. I mean, you know, it was a matter of there were a lot of bullpen arms coming from from UNLV, and none of them had an answer for Arkansas. Um, let me let me let me pull up a box score because I don't have my scorebook out. I know it's blasphemous. Um, but I mean, let's see who started Parker Coyle didn't go as well as it did last time out for him. Uh, but you know, the, the, the thing about these midweek games is that it doesn't really matter what kind of pitching Arkansas provides because these, these bats are good enough to outslug anybody in the country and especially teams that aren't in the SEC, uh, it was it was just an offensive show. I mean, it was it was one of the first uh, three plus hour games we've seen in a while. I think. Uh, here we go. Box score. Box score. Do do do. Kendall Diggs, great night out of the leadoff spot. Went three for three, reached base all five times. You know, I I really think that's a good role for him. Um, I I don't think he's it's uh, replaced Tavian Josenberger material, and and I asked uh, I asked Dave about that. In, in particular, but, you know, moving forward, you know, say 2024, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense for Kendall Diggs. If, uh, if Tavian Josenberger goes pro uh, following the conclusion of this year, uh, uh, what else did I miss here? Taking advantage of, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the cleanest game defensively. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. John Bolton had an error uh, on, on a ball coming in from, from the outfield. Uh, you know, uh, I, I talked about Harold Cole at, at the plate. Uh, something else to note, and and this this will make all the John Bolton haters happy, is that Harold Cole is fielding a thousand this year. Uh, so John Bolton there. What else? Hunter Grimes made an error. Hunter Grimes showed up. He's still hitting a thousand, by the way. Had a couple of knocks, including a pinch hit, uh, and then played second base. Didn't do it very well. So. Uh, Peyton Stovall, that's 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 another one of the notable things is he didn't play in either game. So uh, Dave talked about a little discomfort. I think I don't remember what exactly the injury was, but uh, you know you you sure hope that he'll be back uh, come Friday. I th- I think Dave was talking about. I I want to say he said it was still like the thumb issue that he's dealing with, and and maybe it was just something where they wanted to give him some rest. But it, from what he said after the game on Wednesday, it seems like Stovall should be able to play this weekend. Um, and I mean, that's a guy that you want in the lineup, you know, a, a, a guy who's very talented. He's your starting second baseman. So uh, 
Yeah, so then you go to Wednesday. Arkansas gets the 5-2 win. Great start from Ben Bybee. Didn't see that coming. I we taught you and I were talking about it before the game. We were like, you you probably want to take the over in this one, and because we were like, I, I've been by be like you know freshman, he, he's gonna come out. You know he might give you a couple innings, but he's probably gonna give up maybe four runs. What would he go? He went he went five innings, gave up six hits, no earned runs, and shout out to Gage Wood for making that possible. Yeah, that's true. He did work into the sixth there, gave up a couple of knocks. So I guess that inflated his his uh, his whip there. But five really strong innings, maybe hit a little bit of a wall on the sixth. Ben Bybee, by the way, what a great quote he is. Yeah, I mean, Gage Wood came in with with two runners in scoring position. And he you mentioned it, he he, he walked a guy, so he had bases loaded. But he, he worked out of it and got, what, did, how many strikeouts did he have? He had two strikeouts in the one inning that he threw. Uh, it was a great great outing from Gage Wood and then of course Zach Morris comes on and gets a three inning save and you know Zach Morris back question mark Zach Zach Morris back it, think, let, let's take the question mark off it are, are we saying Zach Morris is back after you know three innings against UNLV is that what we're going with though I mean Dave Van Horn I mean, seemed to think that he's back well Zach did too I mean yeah. I, I think I think that seventh inning in particular was huge because he did give up a leadoff walk. He did work himself into trouble. There were those uh, those two unearned runs that we talked about with Diggs misplaying the ball and right. Um, but for him to get out of that inning with a lead still intact, Arkansas was leading three to two even after the error that scored two. Um, I mean, I I really think that was that was critical for him because he was able to settle down and work scoreless eighth and ninth eighth and ninth innings and. I don't remember more than one or two base runners in either frame. So um, that, really encouraging stuff to see on, on Wednesday from Zach Morris. And that's exactly when you need to see it too, right? You want to take an out at an, an outing like that into the first conference game of the year. And he probably won't throw Friday, but I would expect him to be available Saturday and maybe even start Sunday. Yeah. Uh on Wednesday's game, you also saw Jason Jones start at second base. I think Dave Van Horn was like, you know, yeah, I mean, it was good. Uh, Jones, I guess he played shortstop in high school, probably comfortable at second as well. And, you know, you talked about Harold Cole over at third. I think that that works for him. And if Arkansas is still searching for a third baseman, which it seems that it is, um, which I, I don't know, that, that whole third base situation is weird because you have the Cowley situation, but then we found out that, you know, he's dealing with some some issues. And now it's so it's hard to tell if that's a competition or if the Caleb Cowley situation really just boils down to he struggled the first weekend, he came back, and then he's also been dealing with some injuries, and they're just waiting for him to get healthy, or is it a legit competition? You know, I don't know. I mean, in my mind, a, he- a healthy Caleb Cowley has to start at third base. I mean, there, there's there's really no question in in my mind. Um, we've heard it from everybody, right? Kendall Diggs, we love, we love the Kendall Diggs quote. He's the purest hitter I've ever seen in my life or something like that. Um, I mean, the the guy just rakes. We saw it all fall. We haven't really seen it come on yet during the regular season, but I just think it's only a matter of time because we've seen flashes of it since, since the regular season has, has gotten underway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I I think that Caleb, I mean, we're, most of us media guys are still under the impression that Caleb Cowley is going to, be the guy that we wrote about a lot preseason. And we're just waiting to see that. So 
uh, that's some UNLV cleanup. I think we're good there. You know, we talked about some position changes. We talked about the pitchers they got to throw. Now you move on to opening weekend of SEC play, and you got Auburn coming to town. You know, an Auburn team that is not the same Auburn team that you remember from last year that made it to the College World Series. What's their record? Do you know their record, Robert? Uh, I've got their stats page pulled up. Let's see. Write it down on here. I did not write it down on there, but it's because I've got their stats page pulled up. Let's see. Auburn is 13 3 and 1. They have a tie. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Well, do they have any? They got, uh, they tied against USC. Wow. So they got two wins and then they, they tied on Sunday 12 to 12. Interesting. Outside of that, uh, we we should probably mention that their midweek game against Georgia Tech was pretty interesting to say the least. How many hits total were there in that game? Forty two hits in that in that game against Georgia Tech. Auburn got the win twelve to eleven, but forty forty two hits. Ugh. That's a lot of hits and and twelve innings. So they had to use a lot of arms too. I was doing my my uh, my Auburn research and. The, the, the pitching numbers didn't really stand out to me by any means. Um, the the guy that they'll use, Tommy Vale, uh, he's he's their ace this this coming weekend. He's a lefty with a – let's see, I wrote it on there. Is it sub-1 ERA? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's going on with your tabs right now. Do you just, are you just like – you don't have them all pulled up or – No, they're, they're just all over the place. I've just never met somebody who has so much trouble finding a tab that's already open. Yeah, I know. Well, when you got this and the Zoom going, it's no, it's it's, it's really awful. not that hard though. Like it's you just you make the Zoom window smaller, and you have your like I have my doc right here. I can read all the stats you need. Uh, I'm looking at the same thing. It just took me a minute to get there. I'm just saying. Anyway, Tommy Bell, he's 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 ace material. Uh, at least at least his ERA would indicate so. He's only thrown 14 and a third innings this year. He's only started three games as short as two innings, as long as five and two thirds. Um, that five and two thirds outing that was on March 7th against UAB. Uh, he's a graduate uh, transfer from TCU this year. Spent a year at TCU three at, or four at Notre Dame. Um, and he's only started three games. He had only started three games coming into this year. So he's doubled his start total. Um, I, I guess Butch Thompson and company like what they're seeing out of him. And the numbers yep. would certainly indicate it. But yeah. but beyond that, nothing super impressive. Honestly. Uh, you're not a big fan of Zach Crotchfelt? Oh man, what a tough name. That is that that's their Saturday starter freshman lefty, Zach Crotchfelt. That is C-R-O-T-C-H-F-E-L-T. Spelled how you think it is. Uh, that's just so unfortunate, man. What if um, what if what if it's another like Sunny D situation where it's like Crotchfield? Or something, you know. Man, I, we'll we'll have to we'll have to do some sort of on air punishment if if we're wrong about the pronunciation of this of, of Crotchfelt. Yeah, I I feel like that one's not very hard to get. It it seems like it would be pronounced as a spelled, but uh, <laughs> take us through how how good he's been this season. Uh, I mean the numbers are will tell you he hasn't been good this season. He's got a four point four one ERA, one point three five WHIP. Opponents hitting 220 against him, so he's not giving up the most hits, I guess. That he's got that going for him. I think 
I think the the problem area might be that he's got a, a strikeout to walk ratio under two. He's issued nine walks in 16 in the third innings. So, you know, interesting, interesting there. Uh, he's started his last two appearances. He's got four appearances on the year. His last two have been starts. Uh, he's pitched anywhere from three and two thirds to five innings this year. So he can give him some longevity, but don't expect a quality start out of Zach Crotchfeld. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a freshman. He's trying to figure it out. You know, um, yeah. it looks like here he was rated by Perfect Game as the number 93 overall player in the 2023 class. Uh, he was the number nine left-handed pitcher in the class on Perfect Game. Had 130 strikeouts as a senior with a 1.07 ERA for Jackson Memorial High School in Jackson, New Jersey. So, how, do you did you look up his jersey number? Do you know? No. Okay, take a guess at what jersey number he wears. It it can't be sixty nine. No, it's not sixty nine. Okay, good. Uh, I don't know. You have to take one more guess. Thirty nine. Seventy seven. Oh, I I did see that. Oh, well, it's an interesting number. You know, I like when pitchers have weird numbers like that. That is that is a weird number for a pitcher, but you know. So it goes Sunday, TBD, just like Arkansas. So yeah. we'll right. find out when we get to the yard on Sunday. Yep. We'll figure that out. Or maybe like on Saturday, they'll say who they're – after the game, they'll say who they're starting. So Possibly. We shall uh, see. All right. Um, If you're looking for some bullpen arms, they got a sophomore righty, John Armstrong, 276 ERA, eight appearances, opponents hitting 123 against him. 15 walks compared to or uh 15 strikeouts compared to five walks in 16 and a third. And then uh junior lefty Tanner Bauman, I guess that's probably how it is. 281 ERA, 138 whip, opponents hitting 258 against him, 16 strikeouts to six walks in 16 innings. That's interesting. Both of those dudes, 15 to five, 16 to six. Uh, yeah. five appearances, two stars for Bauman. He hasn't gone longer than four innings. So, and it's worth noting that I put those last two guys on the list because they have the most innings of the guys who aren't starting this week. Mm. It looks like Bauman, you know, potentially a Sunday starter, though. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, some guys who can hit is that Ike Irish? Uh, that's what it looks like to me. That's a great name. Isn't He's in 465. Uh, 13 extra base hits, 17 RBI. Let's see, third most hits, most doubles in the conference. Second most double plays, though, with four. Um, yeah, Ike Irish, all-name team. For real. And, and you know, it, it always plays when you've got an OPS about 1.2. So that's a, that's a plus for him. Uh, these, these Auburn hitters, like, we've heard, you know, since – since I think Dave first brought it up, maybe at the Squatters Club, uh, how much they can hit. Just looking at the numbers, these dudes can hit for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cole Foster is a shortstop. He was on their team last year. He's hitting 442. That's a top 10 SEC average as well. Uh, he's he's seventh in in OBP as well at 554. They've got one, two, three, four different guys who get on base at a clip of 500 or better, and that's Irish Foster. Bryson Ware, he's an infielder, and uh, uh outfielder named Chris Stanfield. Stanfield's new. Ware is not. 
And Bryson Ware can slug it. He's uh he's in the top ten in average. He's got seven home runs that leads the team. Twenty one RBI that leads the team. Fifteen extra base hits that leads the team. So uh, Bryson Ware's a dude for them. Like I said, Chris Stanfield's up there as well. Four twenty nine OPS above twelve hundred. He's got 10, 10 RBI on the season. I don't think he plays every day, uh, but just enough to to be qualified on the batting average list. And then they've got another outfielder named Justin Kirby. He's got seven home runs to tie Ware for the team lead, uh, 13 extra base knocks, 20 runs driven in. Uh, the one knock on him is that he's in the top 10 in the SEC in strikeouts. So all right, he's got a weakness. Well, that all sounds – Interesting because, you know, it, what it sounds to me like is Arkansas, you know, I think that maybe Dave Van Horn and and Matt Hobbs recognize, hey, Auburn can hit the ball. So maybe we, you know, I guess we, we go with Holland, we go with McIntyre, two dudes who have been who've been pretty solid. You know, McIntyre kept the pitch count down, of course, last week with the complete game. Um, let's go with them and then keep Hagen Smith in our back pocket, you know. Like, because I feel like with Hunter Holland, and this is just spitballing here because I'm no baseball expert, if Hunter Holland runs into some trouble like he has in a couple innings in non-conference, like the first inning for some games, the second inning last Sunday, I don't know if, I mean, like Auburn might, you know, might chase him. And then you want a guy like Hagan Smith to come in. I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking here. It, no, it's it's very possible because, you know, we've, we've seen those early inning struggles and it, it could – it could be magnified in in a in a way that leads to a very early exit for Hunter Holland. I don't I don't think that'll be the case, but you know, it. I think everybody needs to be pre- prepared for it for sure. Yeah. So, um, let's. Uh, I, I don't. I, what else do you have, Robert? What else do you have for me? You got any good stuff? We don't have Christian with us today. He's got class. So I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I, I my mind is just mush right now because we've got baseball going on. Arkansas is about to play a basketball game. By the time you listen to this podcast, they might be out of the NCAA tournament or they might be playing against Kansas um, on Saturday. So there's just like so much going on right now. There, There is so much going on right now. And it's too bad that Christian couldn't join us because uh, I did want to did want to get his take on the World Baseball Classic, our, our uh, international correspondent, Christian Cheatham. Yeah. Um, but how about, how about Dominic Fletcher uh, taking – who was it deep? You Darvish? He took you Darvish deep, and he also had two hits and two RBI off of uh, Shohei Otani. So that's that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it's definitely not. So, yeah, shout out to uh, Dominic Fletcher, big league him. He needs. I don't. I mean, the fact that he's not been big leagued is is pretty disappointing, to be quite honest with you. I mean, he 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 raked in, in the minors. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. So um I feel like I feel like there's more that we should be talking about though. You know, I mean, we could we could talk about Arkansas stats right now. Um just how how good this team has been hitting to this point in the season. I mean, a, you look at a guy like Jace Borfin. I think Jace Borfin is definitely, you know, exceeding expectations. He's got a 4.36 average, 17 RBI. He's slugging 818, like, and his OBP is a team high, 562. This guy is having an incredible season to this point. And then you look at a guy in Jared Wagner, 29 RBI. I mean, this dude is just an RBI machine. And both of them are just machines of consistency. I mean, I let's see here. You said Borfin 
his his uh, slash line seems to indicate that he's got an OPS close to fourteen hundred. Here's my stat sheet. Yeah, thirteen. 1380 and then Wagner's or Wagner's right behind him at 1357. So uh that those are those are ridiculous numbers and, and uh to to have two dudes hitting like that in the heart of your order going into you know the hardest schedule in in college baseball that's pretty good. Yep, it is. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them against this competition in Auburn. You know, I think it's it's good that you're not starting off with, you know, maybe an LSU or a Florida or a, an Ole Miss or something like that. Uh, you're starting off with an Auburn team that's still good. I mean, we just talked about how talented their hitters are. You know, they got some good young arms, including the the veteran arm on Friday. But you're, you're starting off against, you know, a little bit of like a mid-tier competition in, as far as the SEC goes. Gauge where you're at. Figure it out, see where you're at, because you go to LSU next weekend, and that's going to be a tough test. Yeah, I mean, uh, at LSU coming up on the schedule, uh, Tennessee coming into Fayetteville, like the the stars are going to be, you know, plentiful in in the opposing dugouts for for Arkansas games this year. So, uh, you know, it, like like we said, it's not the same Auburn team we saw last year, but it it's an Auburn team coming off a College World Series appearance and. You know that's that's a that's always a good a good gauge, if you will, for for the first first weekend because you know things are going to ramp up next week in Baton Rouge. Yep. Um. Real quick, let's let's talk about our ideal starting lineup because I think with with some of the the mix up over the week, uh, the midweek, you know, the, and then you know, there's just been some injuries that Dave Horn talked about. You know, some guys are just kind of you know banged up. Let's just run through it because I feel like some people are, you know, getting jumbled up with stuff because uh, there has been a lot of, like, inconsistency with the lineup, which is fine. They're trying to figure stuff out. But I think that we need to reiterate who the top guys are, you know? Sure. Let, so first base, Brady Slavens. Without a doubt. Second base, Peyton Stovall. Without a doubt. Shortstop, it's John Bolton. I think it has to be John Bolton. Um this this may be an unpopular take, but I think it has to be John Bolton. Um, it, it's worth noting on his behalf that he has reached base in every game he has appeared in this year, which, despite his uh, uh, a lot of people like to call them Zach Gregory like numbers, um, you know he's he's getting on at least once a game, and yes he leads the team in errors, but I feel like that's not really good indication that he's bad at defense because the shortstop is probably going to have the most errors regardless of who he is. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got to be John Bolton for me. I Listen, if Caleb Cowley is going to continue to be out, I love Harold Cole at third base. I did not consider that an option because I didn't see him there during scrimmages, but I have always noticed that Harold Cole hits the ball particularly hard. He had a couple on Wednesday that went over a hundred miles an hour. Uh, so I, I like, I like Harold Cole's bat in the lineup, but the thing with shortstop is your bat is not going to get you into the lineup. It's your glove. And Dave Van Horn clearly likes John Bolton better there. So uh, third base is a healthy Caleb Callie. If Caleb Callie's not healthy, go with Harold Cole. I thought Harold Cole did well on, on Wednesday. I, I mean, I thought, you know, I thought his, 
his accuracy honestly was better from third base. I, I feel like he's struggled with throws, at least in like the scrimmages that we watched from shortstop. Um, I just felt like there were, there were some like mechanical things that I just didn't really, you know, like from him at shortstop, which is why I felt better about Bolton there. And so did most people. And now you look at, uh, you know, John Bolton playing well at shortstop, but Harold Cole at third base, like he looked, he looked very good, very serviceable. And I mean, if he's going to hit, you know, as I mean, as serviceably as he did in the midweek against UNLV, then yeah, throw him at third base. If you don't have a, a healthy Caleb Cowley, you know, Absolutely. And then and then moving on to the outfield, I mean, it's got to be Wagner, Josenberger, Morphin. Yeah, no, not not Kendall Diggs. No offense, Kendall Diggs, but I think we we have we can all agree that uh, that Jace Morphin is the starting right fielder. Uh, Kendall Diggs is absolutely the starting DH, though. Let's let's leave oh, no yeah. doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Kendall Diggs. I mean, you, you want to talk about stats, six home runs. That's number two on the team. Uh, Wagner hit his eighth on Wednesday, so he's now got a, a two-homer lead on Kendall Diggs. Yeah, I'd love everyone to raise their hands if they had Kendall Diggs being second on the team in home runs going into SEC play. Excuse me. Yeah, no, that's crazy. They, I mean, this team's hitting 310 right now, 34 homers, 148 RBI. Is that is that right? Well, how many runs do they have? Uh, they scored 155. That sounds about right. Wow. Yeah, no, this team – I mean, this team's doing good, man. And I, I like what I'm seeing. And then behind the dish, um, I think Parker Rowland – I mean, we're, we're going to see both guys. That's We're going to keep getting that answer. They're going to keep rotating both guys, but I think Parker Rowland's a better option. Yeah, I mean, apologies to all the to all the Hudson Polk haters, but uh, you mean he's, he's going to catch at least one game a weekend. Oh, the Hudson Polk haters because he's going to play. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I was on the Hudson Polk train preseason, and also, also uh, a lot of a lot of people were upset for him getting thrown out at first the other day. But Dave Van Horn had his back, so let's uh, let's let's pump the brakes on Hudson Polk is never gonna see the field because he most definitely is. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if he started on Friday because exactly. I feel like it, him and Hunter Holland like they 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 are like a pair, right? You know, isn't that like the thing that Holland would throw to Polk in the in the preseason scrimmages? So we just figured that Polk would, or was it Roland that he was throwing to? I honestly don't remember, hmm. but it it is worth noting that, you know, you talk about throwing left-handed pitchers. Hudson Polk is probably going to play against left-handed pitchers more often than Roland, just because he can hit right-handed. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Roland switch hitter. So, okay. Um, I think that's it. I think we got it. I think we knocked it out. Uh, you want to talk about pitchers? Um, we already kind of hit on it. So you're going to have Holland on Friday, McIntyre on Saturday, potential starters on Sunday, Hagan Smith, Dylan Carter, Austin Ledbetter, Zach Morris, um, and then bullpen arms. I mean, Cody Adcock, Gage Wood. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start looking at the list now so I don't make sure I miss anybody. You're, you're definitely going to see Adcock, and I think Gage Wood has certainly earned himself a few more innings and – I mean, maybe Parker Coyle. Uh, I was gonna say maybe Parker Coyle, maybe Christian Fouch. It, it seems unlikely that those last two would would get in on an SEC series, but again, it's the first weekend, so you never know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. I'm looking forward to it. Opening weekend for SEC ball. Well, look, look, we're 
we're gonna we're gonna figure this whole thing out. Like we're gonna hit it hard once the basketball team's done, right? Like with the basketball, you know the the. I feel like we went through this last year. Like once the basketball team's done, we can fully focus on baseball, and then we'll have some spring football stuff too. But once once we get through postseason basketball, it's it's baseball season. Like it is baseball season, but you know what I'm saying. Tired is March Madness today. Wired is SEC baseball today. Yes, that is that is how it goes. So um, we'll talk to everybody on Sunday. Hopefully we're live from Bomb Walker. I think we should be. We um, should be. But, uh, yes. So first pitch moved up to 4 o'clock on Friday, by the way. Keep that in, keep that in the back of your head. 2 o'clock Saturday, 2 o'clock Sunday. All going to be on the SEC Network Plus. You got to stream it on the app. Um, but, yeah, excited to be there. Everybody enjoy Bomb Walker if you're going to be there. And Wonder here up. is an interview with Will McIntyre. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. Okay, we now wel- welcome on Will McIntyre to the show, starting right-handed pitcher for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Will, second-time Diamond Hogs podcast guest. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're recording this within minutes of the end of the Arkansas-Illinois basketball game. I think you're a pretty big basketball guy, Will. We've talked after games about this before. Can we get an instant reaction from you? Hey, we played really good today. It was good to see them play like that. You know, this is this is something that I think about. I, I grew up in D.C., uh, so I remember when the Capitals went on a Stanley Cup run in 2018, Max Scherzer uh, was was all about, like, when he wasn't pitching, he would go in the clubhouse and watch the Caps on their playoff run. Like when when you're not throwing, do you do you ever get to sneak away and like watch basketball or some other Razorback game? Uh, I wouldn't say that I do that. I you know I might go up in the locker room, you know, change shoes or something and catch a glimpse of the game on or something. But yeah, I'd, sometimes I'll try and keep up with the score during the game. So, uh, Christian here actually just got back from Phoenix at the World Baseball Classic, and I'm gonna let him ask this next question. Sure. Yeah. So um. I'm guessing. Have you guys been keeping up with the WBC the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get what. First of all, I guess, what are your thoughts on the WBC, and um, who do you, who do you like? Who do you think was going to finish strong and maybe win the whole thing? Uh, you know, of course, I'm rooting for America. You know, home country, but it's been fun watching like uh, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic because you know they produce a ton of baseball talent and they have a bunch of young guys out there that are. They're electric and fun to watch. Are you guys like sticking then, around or showing up early to watch games in the clubhouse? Uh, I wouldn't say that yet because you know the times have been weird. You know, some games are on at like four a.m. and then some are on like ten p.m. But like lately, like you know, we got done with the game or you know, like we just got done with practice and the game came on. I'll sit around and watch a couple innings with the boys and then you know get ready to go home for the day. And then. Another thing that's a big topic in the WBC is like pitchers, especially American pitchers. A lot of them are tend to be veterans or or like younger guys that haven't really had to like worry about that next big contract. So I guess for you as a pitcher, if you were ever asked to pitch for the WBC in the for the for USA in the WBC, what would be like? Would you weigh the pros and cons, or are you just an automatic yes? I'd say you'd have to like weigh the pros and cons because, you know, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do what you do. And, you know, you don't want to upset your team, putting yourself at risk, you know, freak injury happen or something. But at the same time, it'd be 
you know, you have a sense of national pride to go play out there and, you know, play against some of the best in the world. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's Thanks, shift man. topics here to the to the to the big news of the day, and that is Dave Van Horn announced some changes to the starting rotation. Uh, you're still you're still solid slotted in there for uh, for Saturday, but but what do you think of the news today? Uh, you know, I I, I kind of figured that out like a couple of days ago, and uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. You know, it's gonna be fun because you know you saw Hagen at the end of the year last year um, come out of the pen and it was elite, and you know he locked down games for us, and you know. You know, the pen's not as deep as we thought it was going into the year, but still pretty deep. You know, having somebody like uh, Hagen hold it down while Tiger's, you know, recovering will be huge for us, especially when you're going into SEC play and you need to win a series. You don't need to, you know, have Hagen pitch once a week. You know, it'd be way better for him to pitch twice a week for us. I'm, I'm curious what you think about Hunter Holland, what you've seen from him this year. Uh, Dave told us today that he's, he's actually better here. He likes it better to pitch on short rest, so – what do you think about him going out there for game number one? Oh, I'm excited for him. You know, he, he deserves it. Uh, he deserves to be able to go out there on Fridays and, you know, pitch out there like an ace. And he's a really good dude, and he works extremely hard, so he's earned this opportunity. I'm curious what you think about the guys uh, who have stepped up. I mean, you talked about uh, not having Jackson, not having Cody. Brady's out for a while. Uh, I mean, guys like Dylan Carter, Zach Morris had a big outing the other day. Uh, what what do you think about the guys who are stepping up? Because that's that's been a big thing is the the whole next man up mentality, right? Yeah, it's uh it's pretty huge. Is you know every arm you uh add you know to the bullpen that you're confident in is just another weapon you can use on the weekend. And you know Dylan's been doing really good. Zach Zach got off on the good uh good foot for this weekend, hopefully. And then you know you know Ben Bybee with a great start the other day was huge. And you know there's gonna be plenty of other freshmen that are gonna be able to step up for us like Gage Wood and Parker Cole. And, you know, just throughout the year, we just had one by one, and then it'll be, uh, it'll be good to have for the bullpen. I'm, I'm curious what you think uh, as a, from a pitching perspective. I mean, you're not going out there all the time, but uh, you guys won 10 in a row now, and, you know, the bats are swinging it incredibly well, hitting over 300 as a team. What, what's that like for you to watch and, and you know, on, on your days on and your days off? You know, it's, it's been fun. You know, you know while, while I'm pitching, it's really nice, you know, your offense going out there and get you a lead because it's way pitch. Uh, it's way easier to pitch with a lead than when it's tied or you're losing because you're, you know, you don't want to give up another run and that might be like the run that seals the game for y'all. And then uh, watching has just been a blast. You know, we're we're hitting the long ball well this year and, uh, you know, this year I think we're hitting more doubles and hitting for average better than we did last year and we're uh, we're not striking out as much so it makes the games better in my opinion. So we, we asked you about this the other night, but, uh, you know, one of those guys who's swinging it well, Jace Borfin, he, he, he saved a home run for you uh, a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and you said you got to buy him dinner. And then, and then you know, you pitched the complete game, and, and you said he's, he's the only one who deserves dinner. But surely somebody's bought you dinner since that performance of yours, right? Uh, no, I, you know, that's the least I can do after how, uh, how bad I started off the season. <laughs> Let's uh let's talk about that for a minute if you don't mind. I'm I'm curious like like pitching in Omaha last year. How how much did that help you out going into this year? And you know like how how nice is it to be back? I guess. You know I think I came into the season with super high expectations of myself, and you know I still do hold those expectations. But I uh, I think I let it get to me to the point where I just put too much pressure on myself to 
be like perfect and uh it just I, it wasn't me out there pitching I, I wouldn't say I was scared pitching it was just it wasn't like me pitching to my true self where I'm I'm not a I'm not a guy that's got the you know the flamethrower fastball that's gonna put it by you or the like the elite off speed that you know like a Kevin Copps off speed where you can't touch it it's just I need to stay within myself and pitch to my strengths and not you know get outside of my ability are you, are you kind of relieved that that you like had that patch in your season already when you know it was it was non-conference games mm-hmm. yeah I'd say it was you know it's better to start figuring it out now than you know hit that bump you know three weeks into SEC play and you got to figure it out from there so uh, you know finding out early what I was doing wrong and fixing it early is really good for me Christian, you want to hop in here? Yeah, so talking to kind of about last year, um, last year you started off, you weren't necessarily a part of the rotation, but you worked your way into it and became a vital part of it. How does that, and then coming into this season, you you pretty much knew that you were going to be going in, going in there, going out there every weekend. What what did that change about your preparation over the offseason coming into this year, if, if it did anything at all? Uh, I'd say I... I, I you know, I worked the same as this offseason compared to last offseason. It's just the only mentally thing I changed was, you know, I wanted to step up and be one of the dudes on the team this year instead of having to, you know, wait for my chance to become that guy. And so I just wanted to start off the season, you know, really well. And I think I think what happened to me early on in the season was a good thing for me is it kind of just made me take a step back and, you know, rethink how I am as a baseball player. You're talking about dudes, uh, which, you know, you, you lost a lot of them from, from last year to this year. I'm curious, do you think, or or maybe does the locker room think that, like, you guys were kind of slept on because of the all the roster turnover? I'd, I'd say a little bit, you know. You know, it's – people aren't going to know, like, how this team was going to come together at the beginning of the season because it's just, you know, such a new team. I don't, I don't even remember how many transfers we have. It was an unreal amount. But I think we came together real quickly. And, like, I don't even think we – uh, what am I trying to say? I, I don't think it took that long for us to get together. It's like I think within the first, you know, month I knew everybody's name. I knew where they're from. I knew something, like, you know, big detail about them. And I'd say by now we're all super close, you know. It's, it's great knowing these guys. This is one of the best group of guys I've ever been around. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things that you like to mention all the time, it seems like after your starts is, you know, the defense defense just played really good behind me. Uh, obviously, last year, people couldn't shut up about uh, Jalen Battles and Robert Moore up the middle. I'm curious how, how you think uh, uh, Peyton Stovall and John Bolton have done, you know, trying to fill their shoes. Oh, I think they're doing a great job. You know, it's it's no knock to Bolton. You know, I love that guy, but he doesn't have, the you know, the arm that Battles does. But, you know. He do, he's he's done the best he can. I think he's done a great job holding it down over there. And then Stovall is just a natural fit over there at second base. We think about uh, Harold Cole slotting in over third there. That was a uh, that was an interesting development this this midweek series. Yeah, I think he did a really good job, and uh, you know he's he has some pop that you know maybe not a lot of people you know see, and he did a great job this week. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, possibly get some more playing time. Now, shifting away from baseball for a minute, I'm curious if if there are any uh, any characters in the locker room, like 
Pete, your your teammates as people, like who who are some of the quirkiest guys on the team? Um, quirkiest, I'm not 100 sure, but I'll say the funniest guys in the locker room are for sure uh, Peyton Holt and Cal Kilgore. Those two are hilarious in the locker room. Together. Tell us a little bit about those two, because I know that you know we've seen Peyton Holt a little bit, but uh, a lot of fans probably don't know Cal Cal Kilgore's name. He hasn't been on the field yet this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure on Cal's situation. I think he might be redshirting this year. Um, I'm, that's not my topic to speak on. But, uh, yeah, Cal's a good dude. I know he came from New Mexico State, and he, he's just funny. And I'm, I know he's a good ball player. And then Peyton Holt is the same way. He came from uh, uh, Crowder. Yeah, he came from Crowder. And I know he's from Greenwood, so he's another Arkansas guy on the team. And, you know, I like you know, I like the home or the home state guys. You know, we all have something in common. You know, trying to represent the state as best as possible. So, uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was after one of the preseason scrimmages, I, I went out with a couple friends and I saw uh, Harold Cole and Tavian Josenberger and Caleb Caleb Callie at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I'm curious, do you have a you have a group of guys that you go out with uh, for dinner like that? Uh, I don't have like a, a set group necessarily, but like you know, maybe you know, once a week or once every two weeks, we'll, uh, we'll go out to dinner as like a, you know, group, maybe like, you know, as a group of pitchers or a mix of everybody. Yeah. Speaking of pitchers, uh, one, one name that, that always comes up in these interviews is Cody Adcock. Uh, I remember, remember he was having a lot of fun during those scrimmages. He'd, he'd be yelling, see ya after, after guys would strike out and stuff like that. See, uh, see another one of those, uh, big, uh, extroverts in the locker room. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, uh, He's super competitive, and in the fall, he, he kept me going in the fall because, like, I remember one time in the fall, uh, it was me and uh, – I think it was me and Diggs. We went through, like, a 12-pitch at bat, and it seemed like every pitch I threw that Adcock just kept getting louder and louder over there in the dugout, and it got me riled up because it's – you know, sometimes in the fall you go through a lot of – you know, go through a lot of games, and it's hard to find that, you know – that it in you to, you know, go out there and do the best you can. Like, you, you obviously want to do that, but, like, you, it's hard to dig deep sometimes because, you know, it's just a scrimmage. But he, he makes it really fun to be out there in the scrimmages. There you go. So <clears throat> you're about to wrap up – well, kind of, you have four games left. But you're about to wrap up what seems like it's been an eternal homestand, right? Uh, have, you, have you ever had, a, a you know, something like this where you're, where you're at home for three, four weeks? Uh, I think for my – this is my fourth year here. Yeah, I don't think we hadn't uh, we hadn't stayed this long at home for a long time. I know we'd be home for maybe you know two three weeks, but what is it a month break or not a month break a, a month long homestand? I think so because the the last game in Arlington was the nineteenth, and then it's going to be after that in March when you all play LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, this is for sure the longest homestand I've had here. Have y'all have y'all like done anything that you wouldn't normally get to do just because you have more time at home or? Um, it's going to be nice is we're going to, uh, uh, spring break starts and we're going to be at home for that instead of being on the road. So that'd be nice getting, getting to just rest and, you know, enjoy time off in class. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like how, how this sets you up, you think, cause like, you know, your first road trip is going to be number one LSU. You, you think you guys will be, uh, you're ready for, you know, the, you, your first true road test, uh, with competition that, that strong. Oh, for sure. You know, getting a week off, you know, with one midweek and not having to go to class, I think everybody will be prepared for that series. That's going to be a wild one. 
And then this is the last thing for me here, but uh, you know, you got Auburn coming into town this weekend. You don't want to, you don't want to overlook them. Of course you, you, you got to pitch against them a couple times last year, including one in Omaha. Curious. What do you, uh, what do you remember about those, those guys, Dave Van Horn's talking about, you know, they can really, really hit this year. Uh, what's, what's your keys to victory this weekend? How do you, how do you get two out of three? I uh, just say as a, from a, a pitching perspective, it's just going to be able to fill up, the, uh, fill up the strike zone and, you know, not miss over the middle of the plate a lot. And then for hitting, it's just going to be do what we always do is just grind out runs. <laughs> there you go. Will McIntyre's keys to victory. Christian, you got anything else for Will? No, I'm good. Thanks for coming on, Will. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for answering all of our questions and being open and honest with us. It's great. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet, Will. Thanks, man. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.